just want to encourage everyone in the body of Christ listening online, welcome on YouTube or on Facebook and uh, on Zoom. To, it's an honour to get together. We're blessed that we can get together. Uh, we're blessed to edify one another. Um, it's a blessing to it's a blessing to be a blessing to one another. So we love you guys here from He sent His Word. It was a great last week. We uh, for those who jumped on and. We had the uh, 10, 15 minute, whatever it was, some went for 20 minutes, <laughs> Zoom meetings. Um, but uh, that's, I encourage you guys over the next week or so, um, inbox me, inbox Rabs or Becky. But if you want to inbox us directly and we can arrange more times together as we're sitting in uh, in this lockdown period and, um, and fellowship with one another. Um, so it's an exciting time. Um, what I'd really like to get into today and um, – and I'm going to get uh, Sonia, I'll gather up towards the end to share a bit of a testimony. But tonight's message is about hope. We serve the God of hope. And <clears throat> sometimes we can forget that our God is the God of hope. And we, are, we know he's the God of, of, of justice and the God of grace and the God of mercy and un, unconditional love. And, and we attribute God to a lot of things, but we are the God of hope. We serve the God of hope, and um, it's amazing when we, we we talk about faith, and you know, we talk about faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I just want to share this with you. So I'm gonna I'm hoping this is gonna work before I crash the system. Can everyone see that? Yeah. Yes. The scripture. Okay. So I just. So faith now, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there's always two parts to faith. And so and I was chatting with Gary Carpenter from America the other day, and he really encouraged me. And we're going to read this passage of scripture. If you want to go to Romans chapter 15, and uh, we'll pick it up from verse 7. But here I will talk about faith. We speak a lot about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, there's two parts to faith. Believe and confess. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess from your mouth that Jesus Lord, you shall be saved. See, faith has to ride on hope. Now, this hope, I've shared this before, is not I hope tomorrow it doesn't rain. I hope I win the lotto. I hope he comes through. No, no, the hope that I'm talking about is a, an assurance, a confidence in what God said he was going to do, he will complete and accomplish. Now, now my faith is the substance of things that are hopeful, which means that my faith has to ride on hope. See, one says, I've got faith. Many people say, I've got faith, I believe, I've got faith but they're hopeless because there's no hope in what they believe in. The Bible says in, I think it's Proverbs or Psalms, Proverbs as it says, uh, hope deferred makes a heart go sick. In other words, when you lose hope and there's no, and you're in a hopeless state, you cannot generate faith. But when I'm in faith and I have the promises of God, a yes and amen, my hope is in the name of the Lord. My hope is not in, uh, I think he might do it. No, no, my hope is in what Jesus did at the cross. You know, when there's, a, there's an amen right there because my faith comes out of the knowledge that Christ obtained or fulfilled it all at the cross. So now when you think of faith, don't just think of blind faith because blind faith is not what this is saying. This is that I'm believing for something I haven't got yet but my hope is in that what Christ did on the cross, the evidence of it will be manifested. And we live in a living hope, and God is the God of hope. You know, you look at Abraham. Abraham, uh, uh, Abraham, uh, God said, the Bible says he believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. But Abraham, before you could believe, God kept coming to him and saying, look at the stars. Can you count them? Look at the sand. Can you count them? And this happened repeatedly. And what God was doing was trying to paint a picture on the inside of Abraham to believe. And it's one thing to say, I believe God. 
The other thing is I believe God can do something through me. And at this time and place where we are at the moment, we need to understand that our faith is in Jesus Christ, but we need to understand that he's the God of hope and he gives us hope. So I want to, I want to pick this up from Romans chapter 15. And then we can go to Romans 5 after that and we go in reverse. But I want you to understand here that the devil's tactic, see, if faith is, uh, if Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith, and faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God, what is, what is the devil trying to do? He's trying to rob your faith. He tries to rob the word out of you. He wants to try and destroy your faith and bring hopelessness. But Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and that and more in abundance. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to kill the word in you, kill your faith, and then you end up being destroyed. But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. Who are we going to believe? Romans chapter 15 and verse 7. And it says, Therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us. To the glory of God, now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God. Now when he talks about circumcision there, guys, talking about the Jews. That Jesus came for the Jews and he was a servant to them for the truth of God the circumcised, to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Now stop right there. Jesus came and served the Jewish people, his own people, circumcised, to reveal the truth of God and confirm the promises made to his fathers. When they say fathers, they're talking about their forefathers. They're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're talking about Solomon. We're talking about Noah. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about David. We're talking about the fathers of the faith. And here he's saying he came to fulfill and show them the promises made to their forefathers. Let's keep reading. And that she and that the Gentiles, which is the people outside the fathers or outside the covenant, might glorify in God for his mercy. As it is written, for this reason I will confess you to among the Gentiles. Hallelujah. We were Gentiles. We were outside God's covenant. We were outside the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We were Gentiles. But by God's grace, Jesus came for the circumcised, the Jews, to fulfill the promises going all the way back to Abraham and that we now are grafted into those promises. He says here, if we keep reading, he says, and he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with these people. And again I say, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, talking about us. Lord, him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse. That's, that's Jesus. Jesse was the father of David. And he shall rise and reign over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles shall, shall have hope. And there again, we hear this word hope. See, we were lost in our hopelessness because we were under the curse of Adam. The Jews came under a covenant of Moses. The promise was made to Abraham. Then we had the Moses covenant, and there were these promises that, that if they kept the law, kept God would bless them. If they didn't, they would be cursed. Then God would provide a sacrifice, a lamb. And Jesus comes as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world to bring hope to all of us that we know right now that when we die today, die tomorrow, die next week, our hope is in our trust is in that we are in the Father's presence in the minute we leave our body. We know right now, but because of the blood of Jesus, he's redeemed us and set us free from the curse of the law, the curse of Adam. And look, keep reading, verse, the last verse, 13. This is the, this is the underlying message tonight. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a second. I'll put that one up as well. That you may know the God of hope. And I had it here somewhere. But the God of hope is our Father in heaven. The God of hope. He's not, we don't serve a hopeless God or a God that doesn't understand. 
We serve a mighty God. We serve a God that loves us. We serve a God that cares for us. We serve a God that has fulfilled his obligation through Jesus Christ on this earth. You see that? May the God of hope. Do you see God as the God of hope? Because if you do and you understand that if you're spending time with God, this should, this is, should, this should come out of you. Joy, peace, belief, and that you may be abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not, you're feeding on the wall. If you're not, your 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 heart, and I don't care how much faith you think you have, but if I'm not abounding in the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm not seeing God as the God of hope. I'm in a hopeless state. How many know that Abraham believed God? But by the time Abraham was 99 years old, Sarah, his wife, was beyond the age of childbearing. Her womb wasn't open, it was closed. And God said, what have you done? We shared this a couple of weeks ago. But he was painting the picture on the inside of Abraham for years. And he said, I want to change your name from Abraham to Abraham, which means the father of many. Even his name was a prophecy. He was prophesying his destination. He's, he's prophesying his destiny. See, Abraham had to see it. He may have believed God that he could get it, but he could not see it. We as the believers in Christ. See, did you understand that when God came to Abraham and said, you're going to have a son, why have you done this? And his wife laughed. And God heard the laugh. So why is your wife laughing? Because now, now my husband's going to, am I going to give him pleasure? And he's going to, I don't know why I'm going to satisfy him. Are you serious? So she laughed. It was a hopeless state in their mind. In their mind, it was hopeless. There was no, that's it. My time has run out. And God went beyond hopelessness and gave her a child, Isaac. Amen. Abraham is a type and shadow of God, type and shadow of Jesus. Sarah is a type and shadow of the church. Listen to me, church. We are the church. We need gotta stop laughing. We're gonna stop thinking that it's all over. We're going to start rising up. We're going to start seeing things that have never been seen before. As a man think he is, so he is in this world. See, every day when I get up, whether I feel good or feel bad, whether things are going good or things are going bad, I can always see the promises of God. When I someone wants prayer, I can always see them healed, see them delivered. When someone says, I need, I, someone gave me and called me the other day, he, was, you know, he said, give me some hope. Said, my hope is in the name of the Lord. It was an opportunity to share the gospel. You see, when I know the God of hope, you may know the God of healing. You may know the God of salvation. You may know the God of provision. Rabbi shared this the other day. But he's also the God of hope. And hope deferred makes a heart go sick. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Also believe in me. Because in my Father's house there are many dwelling places. We're always going to go back and understand. You know, a little little thing I do is I've always, well, I remember when um, I learned this long time ago. I'm a picture person. I, I see in imaginations. I, I'm not a dreamer. I'm not a, I don't get visions and dreams too often. Um, but that's not how I'm wired up. That's just not me. But, I, you know, they, they are biblical. They are true. But for me, I see. I, I'm always a visionary. I, I like to see. And I remember when someone who was David Westbrook, first time I met him, spoke into my life. He said, you're going to preach and prophesy and you're going to pray in tongues and speak in tongues and cast out devils. And he said all these things to me and I said, you're a weirdo. In my mind, you're a weirdo. Because to me, that was so foreign. I got saved, I was excited, but all that was like too far, it's too out there. But the minute he said it, all I know is God deposited a seed in my spirit. I, I, I couldn't have explained it back then, but I, but, I, but I know what happened now. So God birthed something on the inside of me. And out of that, I started to see myself preaching before I preached. I started to see me lay hands on people. I started to see all these things. I started to see them. Sometimes I believed the Holy Spirit would uh, manifest in me and I would see them. But a lot of the times it was me because 
something burped on the inside of me. Something got stirred on the inside of me. Uh, I say it this way. I got impregnated with a vision. Just like a woman falls pregnant, uh, and, and, and when she, when she um, uh, conceives, it's not a full baby, is it? It started to grow on inside. And that's what happened to me. And as the more I read the word, the more I went to church, the more I fellowship, I started to see myself doing things. And I, so I started to picture. And then all of a sudden, I, then I got full of the Holy Spirit. Then God started to take on a journey. And, and I started to see. I see myself sitting in front of a crowd. Um, a story I, I, I need to share with you was during my walk, um, we used to have a meeting and uh, it was a, we used to have a Tuesday night meeting and it went for four, three or four years. And one particular night I finished preaching and uh, uh, the women in the group wanted to pray for me. And as they laid hands on me and prayed for me, it wasn't an open-eyed vision, like I said, but it was just a vision on the inside of me. And it was amazing. And they, they walked away and I just laid on the ground and the Holy Ghost was upon me. Um, the Holy Ghost was upon me and um, it was like, um, how can I explain it? It was like I was in a setting and two people in wheelchairs came up to me and I laid hands on them and they both got out of the wheelchair. And as I sort of saw this, I, was, I, I said, praise the Lord, I yelled. And they all said to me, what's wrong? They thought I saw a vision. I don't particularly believe I saw a vision, but inside me, God gave me the imagery. And um, the imagery was that, um, can you bear with me one sec? Sorry about that. Anyway, so I saw this vision, and the imagery inside me was that I was laying hands on, on wheelchairs, two, two wheelchairs, and they got up, and I, I said, praise God. I, I told everyone in the room what I saw, and I, and I re rejoiced, and, and, and it was amazing. That was the Tuesday night. And then on Sunday morning, I was at church, and I was as I was leaving church, I was about to go into the cafe, have a coffee, and I do what I normally do, and do something different and talk to people. Anyway, um, um, we had two people in the church they were both in wheelchairs. Now, I didn't think much of it at the time. So as I was leaving, one of the parents brought, they had their child in a wheelchair. She was actually, wasn't a child. She was about 15. She had this rare disease that she was in a wheelchair and um, could never walk. And they said, oh, Tony, how are you? Good, good. Oh, would you mind praying for my daughter? She's got the flu. And the minute he said, pray for my daughter, something struck me. I remembered that vision uh, on the Tuesday. And I'm absolutely spooked out so I lay hands on her I pray a prayer of faith with no faith whatsoever but I just prayed a prayer and blessed her and I walked away and I thought to myself my god I just absolutely got spooked this is back in uh, my COC days um, uh, Enoch knows the people who I'm talking about and I, I walked away thinking oh my god I saw this vision but when I when it came to the crunch and I wasn't thinking about the, the guys in the wheelchair at church. It was, it was far from my want until never happened before. They asked me to pray for their daughter. And I wasn't a preacher at the time. I, I probably shared communion once or twice, but that's about it. So I'm sort of thinking that spun me out. So I'm walking out of the church to go to the cafe. And there was another lady. She was a grandmother. She looked after her granddaughter. Her name was Carla, I think, from memory. And she was in a wheelchair. And she, her grandmother stopped me and goes, Hi, Tanya. Carla says, hello, how are you going? She goes, can you pray for her? She's got the flu. Same thing. And I went, no, no, this is, no, this is. So I did pray. And now I'm spooked. I get in my car. I don't go to the cafe. I don't get a coffee. I get in my car and I go home. Something inside me just went, this is not right. And I basically drove out of the, the, the church grounds. I got to the top of the street. Um, and the minute I got to the corner, I was about to turn left. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. He says, so I'm thinking about this vision on Tuesday, and when it came to the crunch, there was nothing in me. I was actually scared. Never happened to me before. So I get in the car and I drive away, and as soon as I got to the top of the street, Holy Ghost speaks to me and says, that's what I want you to believe for. 
She said, there's nothing in you now for me to get them out of the wheelchair through you, but that's what I want you to start seeing and believing for. And I just thought, wow, I was just overwhelmed. Um, I just I just drove home. And I thought all the way home, I didn't know how I got home, but I was just thinking about that experience. And I'll never forget that, that God was trying to paint a picture on the inside of me of hope. And that hope is to see how God sees to, to believe how God believes. In other words, God was showing me something that I was not ready for. Until this day, I'm still believing for that. I see that every day. And I have seen a lot more miracles since then, but I still haven't seen two people out of a wheelchair. But I'm believing that's coming. That's imprinted in my spirit. Because I know he's the God of hope. Am I seeing it for me to achieve something? No, 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 no. I was just sharing with my boys. How beautiful would it be to go into hospitals and get all those babies out of death row? Cancer, different things. What more would you want to do in life than heal the sick and raise the dead? But God can't use us until we can see him as the God of hope. I mean, that comes from the healing side of things. But there's the other areas of your life. What if you've got kids and you're believing for your family to be saved and it, doesn't, it looks hopeless, they're away from God, or you've raised kids and they've gone off to the world that looks hopeless but nothing is hopeless in the eyes of God and I've got to see him through faith and my faith has to ride on my on hope amen so I can quote scriptures to the cows come home but God builds hope on the inside of us let's go to Romans chapter 5 and I wait for you to get there Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and I want you to see something here that's oh. no, not there. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, again, Romans uh, 15 starts with therefore, and Romans 5 starts with therefore. So I would encourage you to go back to 14 and 4 and read what was it there for. Because when he says, therefore, it must be based on something that I've previously said. Paul saying something, therefore. So he must have said something before the therefore. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Faith and hope go everywhere. Why? Our faith, we are justified. So we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And now we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, sacrifice on the cross, whom also we have access by faith into the grace, his, the grace of the, 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 in his unmerited favour and his empowering, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in the tribulations. Now, stop right there. Are we in some sort of tribulation at the moment? You answer that. He's not just talking about pandemics. He's not talking about the tribulation. He's talking about any type of tribulation where you get attacked for your faith, whether people have disowned you because of your confession of faith, whether the devil comes after you when you got saved. Isn't this interesting? Paul's talking about our justification through faith. Paul's talking about our peace through Jesus Christ, what he did at the cross, and our access to grace. In other words, we can access grace. The Bible says we have um, we enter the holy place by the sprinkling of the blood to obtain mercy in the time of need. And then the faith in grace which we stand on and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This is after the cross, after we're born again. And he's saying here, and not only that, we glory in tribulation. The minute, trust me, no one in this chat room can say they haven't become under persecution when they gave their life to Jesus, or even still now. But tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Can someone say amen? Because the love of God, has been poured out in our hearts 
by the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. Glory to God. The love and hope has been poured out in our heart because of the hope that we have in Christ. Hallelujah. And I can go through the whole scripture a million times. Wherever you see hope, you see joy. Wherever you see joy and love, you see the Holy Spirit involved. You see, we've got to understand we're a people have a hope. It's not a wishy-washy hope. It's a confidence and an assurance. Every day, listen to me, every day, you should have an expectation in your heart. You know what? Your prayer today in this time, in this lockdown, whatever you want to call it, is to say, Lord, what are we doing today? Because my hope is in you. Who's going to get touched by the Lord today? I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do today. See, that's the hope I have. I have an anticipation, whether I'm preaching, whether Rabs preaches, whether someone else preaches, whether I go to your house for a cup of tea, I have an expectation that God's going to do something because my hope is in Him. Don't ever let a chance go to waste. Don't ever think that we're in a hopeless state. See, a lot of us now don't know what the Lord's up to. We've had our ideas. We've had our inclinations. We've, we've seen every conspiracy video that's ever been made. We've seen every documentary that's ever been made. We've seen every uh, uh, news report that's ever been printed. We've seen every prophecy that from 20 years ago that's ever been done. And we can all come to the conclusion we have no idea what's going on. And I really mean that. Is there a lot of truth out there? Absolutely. But can I, can I say it to you this way? If we lose hope, we lose our faith. It's derailed. Then we get sick. See, most people out there that are sick is because of a, a fear. God never gave us the spirit of fear. You've heard me say that every day for the last 10 years. But we're going to get it that our, we're not hopeless people. We don't live in a, in a derailed hope. And I want you to understand. I want to go back to that faith. Let me go back to that screen of faith. And it says, now, now faith is. Now faith is. Why did you say now? You, you got to read the whole chapter, but now faith is. Because before that, faith was. In other words, we were waiting for a promise. But when Jesus came and died on the cross and he reconciled man back to the Father and he fulfilled the law and the prophets and he put away, he, 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 he abolished the law in his flesh and he made he gave us the promise of Abraham. And he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence things are not seen. Now it is. No, it's going to be now. So I want to ask you a question. What are you relying on? What's your hope in? Because if you're hoping that we go back to normal, I'm sorry to tell you we're never going back to normal. Now you can think of that two ways. If we don't go back to normal, well, then it's hopeless. But let me tell you something. God's not allowing this to go through because he has lost hope himself. No, 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 no. God's allowing this to get his church to start seeing what he's seeing. To get his church, his body of believers, to be the hope of humanity. See, we are the compass of his second coming. Not the Antichrist, not the one world order, not the uh, mark of the beast, not the uh, the government. It's us, the church. And when the church is ready, listen to me, no one ever wants to tell you this, but when the bride is without spot and blemish, when the bride is mature, Christ will come back for her. You know, if we're waiting for the church to stop sinning, he's never coming back. And I don't need to be a prophet to tell you that. But the spot and blemish is the maturity of the church. He wants us to mature in him and stand on what he stands for and believe on what he believes for. And when we start to work together as one body, you know, if you read um, uh, Romans, uh, if you read the, the chapter before uh, verse 7 in chapter 15, um, he says, um, let me grab it quickly because this is very important. Let me grab it quickly. I shall do it here. So go to Romans 15, the, the, the first verse. 
me second to open it up. I want to show you where he, why he led to the hope. What's he doing with the hope? Romans chapter 15 and verse 1. Here we are. It says, when, uh, verse 1, when then who, who is strong ought to bear with the, the weakness of others and not to please ourselves, that each of us please his neighbor, for he is good leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written before for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. Here we go again, hope. Now may the God of our patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind, one mouth, glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another, just as Christ has also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has come to serve the circumcision of truth and God. We read that earlier. He's saying here, bear, bearing uh, uh, others' burdens. In other words, saying some of you are stronger than others. Lift your brother up. To lift your neighbor up. So you can, that brings edification. I'm here to tell you tonight, guys, I'm not here to preach anger. I'm here to talk to you as a brother. As a, as, as a friend to say, encourage one another in the Lord. Lost your job, got no money, uh, they shut us down, encourage each other in the Lord. If you got no hope, you need to come back to the cross. You need to come back and spend time with the Lord because out of you will flow joy. Because the Bible says this kingdom of God is not about, not about food or drink, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, happiness and joy are two different things. I can be not happy about something, but I still have the joy of the Lord. I'm not happy about what's going on at the moment. They've shut my job down. My materials are sitting on the job. I've spent money. I've got no income. I'm not happy. I can't leave to go get my... I'm not happy. But I can tell you, I haven't lost my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen? And I want to encourage you there. The promises of God are yes and amen. You may have wanted God to do things a certain way, but he's not going to do them your way. We have to come in line with what he's doing, not what He what we want God to do for us in the way that we want him to do it. Now, there's a, and Isaiah talked about the willingness to sin or the willingness uh, to be, uh, the devil says, uh, they willingly, the devil's got people bound right now. The devil has got people bound. We've got family members that are bound by the enemy, whether it's sickness or disease, whether it's sin. And we look at it and say, and I want to share this testimony just shortly with Sonia, what we did and prayed for. But I want to encourage you guys. You have more authority than you think. Amen. The outcome of what you think is different. Some people think, well, I prayed, nothing happened, I'll stop praying. Or Someone's given legal rights for the enemy in their life. I can't do nothing about that. You're wrong. Because we stand in faith. Amen. When the enemy in Isaiah, I can't remember exactly where it was. If I can find it, it's, let me see if I can remember. He talks about, the scripture says that their willingness, the reason why the devil's got them bound is because they were willing to submit to the enemy. In other words, they're willing sinners and have allowed the enemy to be bound in their life or to have them captive. And then if you stop right there, the next verse says, but I will contend with those who contend with me. In other words, God promised us, what's he say in the New Testament? He says this, he says, you and your household will be saved. Hallelujah. That's just not a given where, okay, I'm saved and everyone else is not. No, no, no. He's saying, believe in the hope. Start praying and believing and seeing them saved. Hallelujah. Seeing them that the shackles are coming off. You've got to see then how God sees them. When I start seeing myself healed and I start believing for healing in my own body or for someone else, manifestation will come. Not because you saw it, but because faith can ride through you because God has already done it at the cross. 
If we only, if we could only understand something, our inheritance is through faith. So if our inheritance, God gives us an inheritance through Jesus Christ, Jesus on the cross purchased our healing, purchased our provision, took the curse that we may become blessed. We need to see that. We have a lost hope. The devil may be throwing a few punches at us now, but this is nothing because this is going to lead to perseverance and building character on the inside of us. Can you rejoice in the Lord while you're shut down? Can you rejoice in the Lord when you don't know where your next dollar is coming from? Can you read glory in the Lord knowing that your salvation is there? Not knowing what the next... See, some things God doesn't reveal to us because he wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. Do we only rejoice in God? Someone throw it up there. Hallelujah, Renee. For I will contend with him who contends with you. Hallelujah. That's a promise of God. Yes, people make errors and people give legal right to the devil in their life. But we have the promise of God that whoever contends with us, God will contend with them. In other words, there's a promise that God will fight on our behalf. Amen. I remember a story of a friend of mine and his wife got saved and he wasn't saved. And he was out in the world and literally in the world. And, you know, he had, you know, little flings on the side. And if he tells you his story, he had, uh, you know, a bit of a, he loved, his, he loved a bit of drugs and partying and all that. And he was married. And his wife got saved. And his wife, every day, would lay hand on his pillow and pray. And she would ask God that every time he laid on that pillow, God, that he would renew his mind, that he may know you. And she did this repeatedly. She started to confess faith over her husband. She started to see him saved. She started to believe what God had in her heart for her husband. Husband didn't know this until one day. The husband goes to a church. Uh, she invites him. He goes. And he trusted his wife. He loved his wife. But he just didn't understand what she believed. And he goes to a church. The preacher preached a sermon. And he thought that she had told the pastor all about him. He thought the whole sermon was about him. He gets saved. And he's a pastor today, leading a church with his wife, a man that was away from God, who, had, who was willing, willing, willingly sinning, and the enemy had legal right, but the, she stood in faith. She had an image on the inside of her, which was hope that she believed that if God saved her, her husband's got to be saved. She prayed every night, and he got saved, and now he's a pastor of the church. Amen to that. That's just a million. I can tell you a million stories like that. To tell you a story about my pastor years ago, he was leading a church in a in a little country town, and that country town um, was small, so everyone knew each other. And he was leading. The, he was the head pastor of the church, or he was the pastor of the church. But his two boys were in a rock band in the pub. So on Saturday nights, uh, his kids were playing in a band, running a mark. And on Sunday, he's preaching the gospel. And obviously, his, their dad, Pastor Dave, he's their Dave Donald, again, Enoch knows, knows who I'm talking about. And he would pray. He'd get up two in the morning and pray for his son. Pray for him. One was, I think, worse than the other, apparently. Long story short, you could see from the outside in that people would point the finger at him saying, well, yeah, you're the pastor, but you can't even run your own kids. Or you're the pastor, you know, you have no faith. Your kids are in the pubs every week, playing in a rock band, running a market, drunk, whatever they were doing. But he didn't listen to the noise. He was obedient to God. He led that church. He prayed for his boys every night. And even one of them got on drugs and what have you. And fast forward, he didn't listen to the noise. He didn't lose hope. He didn't lose us. One ran a church in Sydney here with us for a while, and his older other brother runs a church in Queensland. And Pastor Dave ended up being the international chairman of their movement. And, and, and I'm going to get him on here in a few months. And um, you know, he's been to Lebanon and Syria. He's a farmer from Tari, uh, from no, worse than that, somewhere else. But he was an Aussie Ocker, got saved, been to Lebanon, been to Jerusalem, been to Syria, preached the gospel. He didn't listen to the noise, exactly, Samantha. He did not listen to the noise, 
did not listen to the condemnation. You know, some people think that, you know, you know, as a leader, we have this all the time, that we're, we're perfect. We're far from perfect. We're far from perfect. Listen to me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If Paul the Apostle was a pastor today, his church would have kicked him out by now. Let me explain. I've been shipwrecked. I've been whipped. I've been thrown into jail. Most people today would say he has no faith. He's out of God's will. He mustn't be praying enough. Look at him. He's getting bashed. And <laughs> think about that for a second. Well, he's a man of faith. Maybe he's sick. Maybe, you know, well, how come he's struggling? Why? He shouldn't be struggling. Yeah. The Apostle Paul took on, he took on principalities that most of us together couldn't handle in three seconds. We wiped this out by now. Yet the Apostle Paul didn't listen to the noise. He even came back to Jerusalem and rebuked Peter for being a hypocrite. He understood who he was in Christ. He, he writes the book of Romans and he says, don't glory in your tribulations. It's not a nice thing to go through a tribulation. If I had time to go through the, the fire when he talks about whatever you build will all be tested with fire. Are you building with gold and silver and precious stone? Or are you building your life on stubble and hay and wood? Think about it. Put fire to stones. It purifies them. Put fire to hay and wood. It just burns it up. The fire. But we're all going to go through the testing of the fire. We're all going through. There might be a little bit of fire in our life now. God's probably burning us up a bit now, seeing what we really believe right now. I don't know. But let me ask you a question. When you, when you put a blowtorch to gold and silver, all it does is bring out the impurities and purifies the gold and the silver and the precious stone. When you put fire to wood, it just burns. Don't build your life on wood and, and hubble and, and hay. Build it on Christ and him crucified. Build your life. I want to preach on when the storms come and if you've built your house. See, a lot of us have faith in Christ. And we foundationally set, that's it. I'm going to heaven. I'm, 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 I'm secured in Christ. I'm on the bedrock of my salvation. I'm, I'm here. Jesus is my rock. But how do I build my house on that rock? Holy Spirit's not going to build it for you. Jesus is not going to build it for you. God's not going to build it for you. You, the Bible says, be very careful how you build. And I want to build my house on truth, faith, hope, and love. I want to build my house on that rock of Jesus. I want to live on a living hope. I want to get his promises as a yes and amen. I want to speak my life. I want to pray in the spirit so he can form Christ in me. See, the Holy Ghost is dropped. If you look at it here, every time it talks about hope, it says the Holy Ghost is involved. It says you believe in hope and glory in that hope and the Holy Ghost will bound in you in love. I hope I'm talking to someone here that stop looking in the natural. We are people of the supernatural. We have to live in this world. Don't misunderstand me. We have to do all the right things here in the sense of we have to be obedient and have integrity and have character. But you know what? I want to look beyond that. I want to see what God's about to do. I want to see the power of God's might in this situation. The devil's trying to rob hope. All right, every time you open up, I don't listen to the news, but you can't help people sending you stuff. And I just start deleting them because it does robs hope. Rab said the frequency of fear. It is a frequency. It is a frequency. The devil's frequency is fear. See, we even want to operate. I love this. You even want to operate in the faith of Jesus or in the faith of Adam. Adam operated in faith, and Jesus operated in faith. Adam operated in fear, which is a type of faith, and Jesus operated in God type of faith. That's why Jesus said, I never gave you a spirit of fear. I never gave you the faith that you're walking through, which is Adam. You hear me? When Adam sinned in the garden, he went straight into fear. The first thing Adam did in the garden, cover himself up. He took over. And I'll teach on that next week. I'm going to teach on the blood of Adam and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah.
But when I share with you that, he lost all hope, Adam. He was outcast. But we don't have, our hope is in Christ, the last Adam. I want to close off with this. And then I'm going to get someone, uh, I'll get Sonia to share a little testimony. There was a man by the name of John G. Lake. John G. Lake was a minister of the gospel in the 50s, if I'm not uh, if I'm incorrect. And John G. Lake, there was the bubonic plague. Now, you're talking about a pandemic. What we have now is not a pandemic. But that was a real pandemic. They were dying in this bubonic plague. They were dying quicker than they could bury it. And, and in, the, in, the, in the region where they were in, there's only two guys, John G. Lake and his offsider in his church. He was a preacher, a man of God. We had an amazing healing ministry. We're not talking about he healed a headache or healed a, a blind eye only. Cripples would walk. Babies that were born with no bones, bones would grow back. They were creative miracles. And John G. Lake went out and he said, I'll bury the dead. They were dying everywhere. There was more people dying than they could keep up with. And Doctors would come and be sent, and they'd be in the full gear, and they'd be dead in an hour. They just this plague was amazing. And what they did when they died, they froth at the mouth. And what they did, they take the froth and test it to see if they could get an antidote to help these people. But John G. Lake would put the put the froth with the the, the disease in his hand, and because they couldn't understand how he wasn't dying and catching the disease, because he was the only one. He was praying for the sick that would get healed, the ones that were dead. He was burying him. They couldn't understand it. And he said to them, I live by the principle of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. They would get the, the disease, the, the, the people would die, they get the froth, they put it on his hand and put a, a, a microscope and they'd see the disease die in his hand. These are all documented. This is no hoax. This John G. Lake. Uh, was a very powerful man of God. What hope did he have? Was it the hope in the name of the Lord? And I'm not trying to play down what's going on in the world here, because there's definitely something going on. But we can't stop listening to the fear-mongering and know that our hope is in the name of the Lord. Our hope is in what Jesus did at that cross. And if we were born, we are, there's no mistake that we are born in such a time as this. And I often think, Lord, we're so used to freedom in this country. We're so free. And we've had the luxury of the blessings of this nation. Our parents came here. Most of us are immigrants. But can I say this to you? We lose a bit of freedom. We go crazy. But what have we really lost? You know what we need to do? We need to lose our excess. You know the excess we have in our life? God's stripping the excess of our life to be focused on what truly matters. What truly matters. I can't get blokes to go to work and on time. Now, I can't wait to go to work on time. <laughs> Hallelujah. So <laughs> I'm excited about what God's doing at this time. I'm not happy about it, but I don't lose my joy over it because my hope is in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Sonia. If you could uh, unmute yourself and just share just briefly what happened the other day. Hi, Church. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, um, Mary called me on um, Friday just to see how I was. And being Mary, she asks, how's your mom? How's your dad? And goes through the whole family. And I shared a couple of things that my mum and dad were going through. Um, and she insisted that uh, that she call Tony and that we'll have a, you know, uh, video chat and we can pray and take communion and, 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 and talk about it basically. And so we did that. Um, my parents are struggling with, with some, some issues, but um, I, um, we decided uh, to pray in their bedroom um, because I live with mum and dad and it's, it's not my, my house, um, I kind of felt that I needed to ask my father, who's, you know, the authority of the home to a certain point, um, whether we could pray for 
in their bedroom. Um, I went to actually, actually, I went to ask both of them and my mum kind of looked at me and she said, oh, no. And I just looked at dad and he said, yes. And I said, okay, that's all I need. Your, your, your yes is fine for me. So we then, we, we prayed and we did communion in their bedroom and everything and, um, and left it at that. And, um, I was on. I was still chatting with Mary um, after the whole prayer, and she said that she saw um, something leave from my mother's left side. This, like she asked whether my mum had an issue on her left side, and I know my mum had a back issue, but I wasn't quite sure on the side. Um, and so I said I'd ask her tomorrow. And um, yeah, she said she saw something leave, and she gave me a scripture for for her as well. Um, so. The next day I asked my mum and um, and I said, Mum, you know, what side did you have that issue? And she said, on the left. And I said, because Mary saw something, um, well, after we prayed, she saw something leave your body. Um, and I said, how do you feel? And she said, oh, and she looked at me in amazement because every morning when she'd try to make her bed, she'd be in real pain and she'd have to sit down. And she said, it's funny. She was. She said, I, I didn't feel anything this morning. And I just looked at her and I said, praise God. And she was just like thinking about it. But the uh, the amazing part about it is that I told my dad and he just turned and he started to weep. And I know that God had touched his heart, um, but he's working on my mother. Um, so, yeah, not only didn't end there because it was just such a beautiful moment that because I'm doing mum and dad's garden out the front um, and the amount of people that you tend to stop and talk to, there was a a neighbour as well who, because I, I was such on a on a um, you know a glory to God moment, I just shared it, and I shared it with a couple of people, and um, she was reminded of her healing over thirty years ago when God had touched her, and just that recollection of her, and I think building her faith. Um, started to stir something in her and it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. So I, the message tonight was awesome because I thank you for your hope, Tony, and I thank you for um, Janet and, um, and Mary and Joe as well because it definitely did not disappoint. It wasn't the order that I expected it, but I know that God is at work. Um, he's greater than me and he knows what he's doing. But I know that one thing he did say to me is that, because of the goodness of God that leads one to repentance. And I know that he's just showing my mother how good he is and in the in the things that he's doing in and through her. So um yeah, I'm so grateful for that. The beautiful testimony and what he's doing in this in this home, my family. Thank you. Bless you for sharing that. I just wanted to share that because we did that over Zoom. We didn't have to go there. We we took our authority. Sonia was there. And you know what? That's where he says, you know, in Romans, is bear each other's burdens. See, my job isn't to carry Sonia's burdens or Sonia to carry her parents' burden. But we are to carry each other's burdens if we're if someone's down. In other words, we stand firm on God's hope and we pray and we believe the outcome. Now, Sonia's job now is to keep confessing truth over her family's life. And she no longer has to pray for a miracle because Christ had already done the miracle. You don't pray for victory. You pray from victory. Amen? Trust me, God wants them saved more than you do. You know, we get this idea that we love our family more than God loves them. Please. We don't know what love is still. But God, he didn't, the Bible says he did not withhold his only son. Well, what's he going to hold all the blessings for? God wants us to see faith arise, hope arise in us and mature. As I said, he wants a bride with maturity. See, when Sarah, the Bible says in Romans 4, they talk about they didn't give up on hope and Sarah believed and God opened that dead womb and we got Isaac. And at the moment, we're a bunch of Sarahs at the moment. We're, you know, we're looking around, doesn't look, there's the revival, where's the, Where's the outpouring? What's going on? The world's going in. They shut us down. We can't go to church. We can't even sing now. We can't get together. Well, whoopee-doo. Maybe it's maybe that's become an idol. And God wants us to press into him one-on-one. So when we do come back, it's not about man. It's about God. It's not about the ministry. It's about God. It's not about how we build the church. It's about God. It's not about who's got the next anointing or the best teaching. 
about God. What, how much more can God do other than give his only son? And understand the power of the cross. And I'll finish with that. And I want to pray. I want to pray. You know, we're talking about proclamations. So there's a proclamation here with, uh, let me get it up. It's called the God of hope. And I want to, I want to read it and then I'll, I'll send it through on the link so you know. But as we said, we're proclaiming the truth about God's word. When we proclaim it, we confess it as if it's truth. But we agree with truth, we confess the truth. And this one says, the God of hope. The God of hope fills me and fills you right now with joy and peace as I trust in him. So that I will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit's involved. I have fled to the refuge so I might have strong consolation to lay hold upon the hope that was set before me. This hope I have as an anchor of, anchor of my soul, which is both sure and steadfast. For faith is the substance of things, of things that I hope for. I am confident of this, that you who began a good work in me and in you will carry it onto completion until the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. For your mercies never fail. They are very new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. Amen. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to see the arm of his salvation. I'm going to let you all know where we are today here is not an accident. If it's a tribulation, if it's a time of loneliness, tap into God because God is good. So you got to remember, my hope is in the goodness of God. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. So I love you. I want to bless you guys tonight. I thank you for, for listening. But I really want you to press in. Press into the things of God that increase faith. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. And I want when you declare the word over your life, when you when you do a proclamation or you say a prayer or you confess a word, you're hearing it yourself. Isn't it a good thing that you don't need a preacher to get you to hear it? We read it, we confess it, and God starts to do a work on the inside of us. Amen? Amen? I want you to understand, we don't live out of the knowledge of good and evil. The government should be doing this. The church should be doing that. Someone should be doing this. It ain't going to work. We live out of the tree of life. Jesus, let me know what, what are you doing in this situation? And what would you like me to do? That's our prayer. Our hope is in you, Lord. You'll never put us to shame. I want to trust in you. I have my faith and trust in you, Lord. Guide me into all truth. Amen. When we are ready, the Holy Spirit will move us into the next level, the next foundation. But in this quiet time, the greatest battle you'll have is not the devil, it's yourself. So I speak to myself every day. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, what's in me that needs to come out? And I don't do it in a way of, Lord, I'm hopeless and please. No, I do it in a way is, Lord, I want to walk with you. Show me the way to walk. Show me what I need to get rid of. Show me what I need to repent of. Show me what I need to confess. And that way, he's in charge. I'm not doing something out of a religious setting. I'm doing it out of something out of a relationship. I'm in relationship. Because of the mighty blood, blood of Jesus. So bless you guys. Bless you on YouTube. Bless you on Facebook. Who's listening online. Don't ever, ever lose hope. I'm here to give you hope. Because the Jesus is the one that gives hope. We have won the victory at Calvary. It's a done deal. We've won. If he comes back tonight. Or comes back for another thousand years. I'm in his will. The time is not ours. The time is his. God's just allowing us to stay longer on this earth and to do what we do because he wants more people saved. People have to trust in him. But if we, the church, have no hope and we can't give anyone hope, then we're wretched, we're dead. And we are better than that. And you guys are better than that. So I want to ask you to just understand that we haven't lost hope. Our hope is in what Christ has already done.
and the Holy Ghost is just waiting for faith to rise. Remember, I believe in my heart and I confess from my mouth. I believe in my heart, I confess from my mouth. What is your confession? What is coming out of your mouth? It better be hope. And you know what? You get around me, you'll get hope. You'll get faith. I want to get around you. I want to see hope and faith. I want to encourage one another. Don't judge one another. Encourage one another. Edify one another. Lift each other up. Bless you guys. And uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's pretty simple. Christ came to die for this dead world. If you trust in your money, well, the, the devil's taking it. If you trust in your career, the devil's taking it. If you trust in the government, they've taken all our trust and destroyed it. There's nothing left to trust in but the hope in Jesus Christ our Lord. Repent of your sins. It's pretty simple. Jesus died and paid a penalty that, that we deserve, but he paid a price that we could not pay. But then he died and took our life and gave us his life by the Spirit. And you just confess your sins, ask him to come into your world. Lay down your life for him and get out. The greatest thing you'll ever get is the greatest thing is life and life more abundantly in Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a promise he'll never leave you nor forsake you. 19 years ago, he touched my life. He's not left me one day. So I thank you. I love you guys. Be blessed. And we'll see you on Thursday in Jesus' name. Amen.